Support for the podcast comes from Canva. Presenting to a group of your colleagues can be nerve-wracking, so why not ease some of that anxiety with Canva? Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and that's it. You're done. It's a serious time saver. Whatever you do for work, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey everybody, it's Jan from the Vergecast. On this week's interview episode, we have Jason Johnson. He's the CEO of August. We caught up last week at CES. August was there. Last year, August, which was an independent hardware startup that I met about six years ago. Last year, they sold to a huge Swedish lock company called Asa Abloy. They make millions of locks, basically. Uh, the brand you're probably most familiar with is Yale. But Jason was here at CES. They announced a new Yale lock. They announced a new super high-end luxury lock from another Asa Abloy brand called Mtech. August is basically becoming the software platform for a huge lock company. They integrate with Google Assistant, they integrate with Amazon Alexa, they integrate with Apple's HomeKit. And we talked really about the future of the smart home, what it means to work with all three platforms at once, how hard it is to work with the platforms are architected very differently, and the future of how you're going to get in and out of your house. Jason is super candid. He's super real. It was a great conversation. Check it out. All right, we're here with Jason Johnson. He's the CEO of August. The very well-known smart lock company. I say very well-known because I am an August customer, so everybody I know is aware that I have these products. But it's CES time. You mm-hmm. announced some new locks today. So people are probably familiar. A year ago, we sold to the world's largest lock company. It's a mm-hmm. giant conglomerate out of Sweden that has a lot of brands. And we are actually launching more August-enabled locks from our parent company, so Yale. Mm-hmm. So we have a new Yale lever lock we announced yesterday. And then today, we announced uh, several locks under the M-Tech brand, mm-hmm. which is a more premium luxury line of, 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 of hardware and locks for, for homes. Yeah. So the, the story at CES this year seems to be like, it's always smart home. It's been smart home stuff mm. for two or three years. Obviously, getting in your house is like a core smart home use case. Yep. But it's really a story of like interoperability between all of these platforms. We're we're seeing it's not an Alexa world or an assistant world or a HomeKit world. Every device seems to support everything. Is that what you're seeing too? Yeah. I, I, for me, the real kick to this top of the week was the Apple announcement mm-hmm. with you know Samsung, LG, and Vizio. And then, of course, Apple Music a few weeks ago with, uh, with, uh, with the Echo devices. I mean, what we're seeing is is this this idea of having a closed garden, which which Apple has sort of epitomized that over the years. This idea of trying to be your own closed garden is just it's just not going to work for consumers. Right? Yeah. Consumers want the they want the devices and they want all of the services and communication between those devices to work. And it's all about optionality. So you're seeing even with your products, consumers you can't just sell a home kit lock. 
it has to support all three. Absolutely, right? We, we, we certainly have customers that have fully embraced Alexa, some fully embraced Google Assistant, Google Home, and then and then you have people that are diehard, you know, HomeKit Siri fans, and people that want to go across all of them. They yeah. want to mix and max and use whatever they want. We have to be flexible. We have to play Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. We've mentioned HomeKit a few times. That's Apple's uh, smart home platform. It kind of runs on the phone as opposed to in the cloud like Google and Amazon. So we met years ago at the Code Conference. You had your first device. We've you know talked about extremely wonky like Bluetooth standards. Yep. Are you still playing the game of this industry is not ready for what we're trying to do? We're still. Are you still solving the technical problems that you and I started talking about years ago, or is that stack mature and now you're solving these like interoperability philosophical problems? I mean, when you and I first met, right? Bluetooth 4.0, that the BLE. Yeah thing had just it just happened right you're just getting BLE into into devices before that you had to pair it was always this pairing process where you connect your Bluetooth device to to something like your phone and then BLE changed all that and what I mean by that is that as you know you can issue a an August key to a friend that's going to stay at your house for the weekend and they don't have to pair to your August lock it's just the key is on their phone and they show up and boom they get let in without having to do any kind of a pairing process. That was brand new. Also, when we met that first time, smartphones weren't fully adopted yet, right? <laughs> right. So there was this big question, is everybody going to have a smartphone so they can use these types of devices mm-hmm. for the home? And of course, we know, we know here yeah. we are six years later, we know exactly how, how that's that six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like saying like three, I'm just like aging myself down. I'm like, oh, it was just a couple of years ago. <laughs> six years ago, you started doing yeah, this. Yeah. What is, what's the biggest change along the way? Is it, is it the voice assistants? Certainly the voice assistants gave a big a big lift to, to smart locks and, and the overall smart home category you know you you get one of these devices i mean they're, they're virtually free i mean let's be honest about this google and amazon would give all of us a free speaker yeah. with microphone if if you could do that you can't do that it turns out people devalue things if they're free mm-hmm. but they would give us all one for free <laughs> to get us all hooked yeah, right? I'm, and, and, I'm shocked <laughs> that amazon every year is like thank you for being a prime customer like, here's another one right right but you know they're heavily discounted right yeah. they're heavily discounted and the reality is once you get one you know you want to find ways to use it and so people they buy a, a connected light bulb or a smart lock or, or something else they mm-hmm. want to use with it. And they find out, hey, this is really a great way to interact with my house, right? My favorite use case is nighttime, right? I mean, I used to have this routine go around my house and I turn off all the lights, I turn down the thermostat, I make sure all the doors are locked. And now I just, I just give one voice command. It's, you know, it's peace of mind. Yeah. All right, I'm asking you this question for my producer, Zach, who says his dream is to leave the house and not have his wallet, not have his keys, just have his phone. You can do that now. If you have an August lock in your door, you can probably leave the house with just your phone. Do you see that all coming together? Like, here's one thing that's like your little identity and it's going to be your keys and your wallet. Is that is that like the big dream? Yeah. And, and you know, and, and I do that today. I have mm-hmm. my, my, my phone and, and I, don't, I don't carry keys anymore. I don't, I don't yeah. even carry cash. I think the phone or a wearable is a great authentication tool for, for mm-hmm. access control and for payments and other things. But let's get away from that. Like, like how about how about we move to a, to a whole new level of authentication that requires me not to have anything other than just me? Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I mean, it's, it's a coming. little bit terrifying. There's a demo here on the show floor. It's, have you seen it? It's a video not wall. Yet. And it's a big camera. And it's just literally, as people walk by, the AI is like, man, 35 woman late 20s wow and it's and then it assigns you a code and every time it's it's for retail right it's like track right. people in a retail store and these demos have been around for a long time but they're doing it at scale at ces and you can just see how you would put all those cameras around your house and be like where is everybody right now and it's like wait i kind of want that like i kid like i could see it like where like hey siri where's the kid like you can feel it <laughs> 
exactly. And then you're like, wait, that's terrible. <laughs> Siri went off. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, are you seeing? Do you see those strands coming together in your work? Yes, we have certainly been working on you know facial recognition, and, yeah. and we see it as as a future technology. It's it's still a ways off, right? Yeah, but it's getting better and better. Do you feel the the sort of any threat from the you know Amazon key is here? They're gonna they're gonna sell you a bunch of stuff and put a camera in your house, and the delivery driver can put the stuff in your garage, and you know they're Amazon, so they can be like, you know, we're gonna try half ass facial recognition. We have enough. AWS instances to pull it off. Like we can just horsepower it. Do you, do you perceive that as a threat? Do you think the user experience there is good enough? I mean, we, we have, we have locks to work with Amazon yeah. key and, and, and that's, you know, it is a futuristic, you know, way of managing access for services to the home. I mean, Amazon certainly has the cameras and has the ability to, to do the vision processing. Mm-hmm. If anybody was to introduce that, you know, I think it, it could be them. Yeah. Uh, Google as well though. I mean, Google has, is spending a lot of effort there. And I think, I think the nest cameras were the first to basically tell yeah. you all your family members and when they're, when they're in, in the house. So it's funny, you make one specific category of things. Mm. Do you feel like it's harder or different to work with each of these providers in that category? Because you don't have the full suite of products. Like, do you, when you, when Google comes to you or Amazon comes to you or Apple comes to you, do you think, okay, this is what we want to do? We can push back on them and, and make them work the way we want to? Or is it, do they tell you what to do and it's different and you have to negotiate it? We like Dieter and I just spent. Yeah. Some time with the Sonos people, we like we're watch we're looking at Google Assistant, which is delayed, and it was just like very obvious that the stuff Amazon wanted them to do and the stuff Google wanted them to do was like different. Do you do you perceive that as well? Well, on the, on the lock side, I mean, we we actually worked with each of the three companies mm-hmm. to define the lock profile for their platform. So we were the first smart lock on all three. Yeah. So because you're the first, you get to work with them, and it's very friendly, and it and it's been a great relationship. You know, I will mention something I I haven't I haven't mentioned publicly before. Working with Apple, mm-hmm. uh, with HomeKit, of course, Apple would like us to see us add HomeKit capability to our cameras. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different level of complexity and business challenges that the locks don't have, mm-hmm. right? So it's been a great relationship with them, you know, yeah. on, on locks. You know, cameras has been a little more of a challenge. What's more challenging about cameras? You know, one of the, one of the great things about HomeKit, of course, is that, is that things work locally, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be connected to a cloud. Um, and for it to work locally and the way that Apple architected HomeKit, it's very intensive. In fact, that it requires a couple of simultaneous video streams and always having this uptime. When it comes to video, HomeKit is a challenge. Yeah. And that's why you've, you know, you've seen very, very few HomeKit cameras so far. Now it's going to change because um, Apple's becoming more flexible, trying to work with folks like us. And one more challenge, too, of course, is for all of us that, you know, work with HomeKit, we also have to support all of the Android users, all, right. all the non-Apple people out there, right? So we have to make sure that by putting in something like like one of these technologies into our device, we're not disenfranchising the other half of users out there. And it's that, that share, especially internationally now, because you're part of the bigger company. That's right. I'm sure that's something you're thinking about even more. What specifically? There are two simultaneous video streams? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember all of the latest specifications for video implementation with HomeKit, but there is a, there is a set of requirements that, that is, a, is a challenge to implement technically. Yeah. You know, I have a doorbell cam. It doesn't seem like that's going to come to that doorbell cam over time. The intentions were there. I remember Ring, Canary, and August. All three of us said we were going to add HomeKit to our cameras, mm-hmm. and all three of us have not. And then even people like Arlo, who have like one or two models to support HomeKit, and then the other eight models don't. Right? Yeah. There's again, you know, 
it's it's a challenge. And you know, don't get me wrong, I love HomeKit, right? Yeah. I, I everything in my house is HomeKit enabled. I'm a big believer. Whereas when you deal with Alexa and Google Assistant, everything is 100% cloud based, yeah. right? Which makes it so much easier to implement. There's a little bit of like Alexa can just like do some UPnP stuff, and mm. it seems like that cloud round trip actually slows you down. And that's a piece of the user experience I don't think anyone talks about enough with these smart platforms that it actually, you get a better user experience if it's all in your house. Yes. Because you're not round tripping to the cloud, especially the video stream and then like experiencing that lag. Yes. Do you see that? Are you pushing on that? Like, hey, where should a lot of these smarts live? Should they live in your house, on premises, or should everything be in the cloud? I personally think, you know, there's benefits to both, mm -hmm. right? The, the cloud guys, you know, Alexa and Google have done a great job of reducing latency. I'm just shocked by how fast you can say, you know, Alexa locked the front door and how mm -hmm. fast it happens. I mean, it's it was surprising me the first time I saw it. It still is a surprise to me. And I actually just left a meeting. I just had I just had a meeting with the Alexa team, and I got the the 2019 roadmap and the things they're working what is on. It? And and yeah, I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to totally blow my 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 NDA, but but I mean, so you're I, saying there is a roadmap for 2019 in Alexa? I you know, with, without blowing it, I, I got to tell you, I am I am so impressed with that team yeah. and how they've thought through these exact kinds of issues that you mm -hmm. just brought up, and and they they have fully thought it through, and they yeah. have a whole strategy for how to how to improve it in in every way. It's it's spectacular how how much they're doing. Yeah, again, the story of CES as a consumer show is like you guys have some new consumer products you're mm -hmm. going to sell. Other people here with consumer products, but the story seems to be. People like you come here to meet with people like the Alexa team and the assistant team to plot out the future. Is that balance shifting for you? You know, it's convenient. You know, back to HomeKit, I remember, boy, it was what, five years ago, CES. I remember the uh, the Apple team said they wanted to meet with us in our mm -hmm. suite and they wouldn't tell us what it was. And this, <laughs> you know, this is way before HomeKit was, you know, was announced in public. And and they, you know, they gave us, they gave us, uh, you know, yeah. a sneak peek. Obviously, they knew about August, but I think it was really convenient for them to go visit a handful of people. And right? you know, I'm sure mm -hmm. that I'm sure if I could guess, you know, Phillips Hue and others were yeah, also yeah. part of that little that little tour that the team did when they were out here. It's it's a very convenient place to to basically see everybody. Yeah. Support for this podcast comes from Canva. They say Rome wasn't built in a day, but you know what you can get built in a day? Your creative deck. You can generate creative decks to use for all your important presentations with Canva. Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. You want a sales presentation for a tech company? Done. Create an employee onboarding plan? No problem. Just type it in and watch Canva work its magic. You'll have generated options in seconds. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and you're done. It's a serious time saver at work. So whatever you do at your job, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You can generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. It's AI for every department. It's easy to learn, it's even easier to use. And because it's built in Canva presentations, you can stay focused on the task at hand with no app switching. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. 
Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. So let's talk about August specifically. One thing that is really interesting to me is I met you. You were literally like a startup founder mm. with a hardware startup six years ago. Yeah. Those are not guaranteed wins. Like we cover a lot of hardware startups. Mm. You guys did phenomenally well. A year ago, you decided to sell to the big company, mm-hmm. uh, Asa Abloy. Is that yeah. pr- pronouncing that correctly? That's right, yeah. What does that decision like look like for you? Like how do you decide, well, it's time to go be part of the big thing? You know, it, it certainly wasn't wasn't easy. We've always had a lot of vision uh, for what we could do with August. And now it's part of why the name is 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 sort of a what they call in, in marketing speak, a, an empty uh, vessel that can mm-hmm. do a lot of things with the with with the term August. But you know, what we found was particularly when it comes to access control and managing, you know, the home and people and, and services in and out of the home that there's a lot of different ways people get into the home, right? There's a lot of different locks, right? So obviously you have a deadbolt on the door to your house, and, and most Americans do, but many people don't have deadbolts, or they have, they have a lever lock or a knob lock or a mortise lock, and there's, there's all kinds of configurations. And then if you live in a multifamily building, you know, they get into the building, right? And we couldn't solve all of those because a lot of those are actual mechanical, you know, yeah. physical metal problems. And so we, we really had a choice. Either we could partner with a whole bunch of companies that make all that stuff, or actually become part of a company that makes all that stuff. Yeah. And it just so happened that at the, at the time that Asa Abloy approached us to, to purchase, so, so did two other companies. Mm-hmm. And so it all happened in a kind of a fury of we're like, <laughs> okay, well, I guess we really should think about this. And, and, and even, even I sat down and we talked through it and we thought, you know, we could do a lot of fun stuff with Asa Abloy. Yeah. So are you now like the software provider? You said the announcements here are not August announcements, right? They're Yale announcements or MTech announcements. They are. They're not August products. Are you, is that yeah. real? Like in, even inside the big company, it's their products and they're just running your stack. Like, do, yeah. you, do you have like contentious partner meetings like internally or is it just one big happy family? You know, um, being a Swedish company, I got to tell you, the culture is just really <laughs> egalitarian. They're just really yeah, yeah. nice, non-confrontational. Yeah. Everybody's nice, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I probably swear more than anybody else in the whole company. Right? I'm probably the most cantankerous. So August is a separate company that I'm still CEO of and I run. And we still make August products. In mm-hmm. fact, we have, we have several new products uh, under the August brand that, that we'll be announcing in the, in the coming weeks and months. But as you suggested, based upon what we announced this week, um, the August technology, right, our embedded technology, our, our August access cloud services, and our mobile app, all of those are now um, um, being added to the various portfolio companies mm-hmm. so, that you, if, so that if you have any of these, these locks, you can use the August app and, yeah. and, and you can control all of your different locks um, within the August app. For six years, we've had people say to us, hey, I don't have a deadbolt on my front door, or I want to lock the, um, the, my closet or on my, the, the door to my wine cellar or maybe the, the, the door from 
the garage into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a it's just a knob or a lever, yeah. right? Um, do you make that? And we've always said no, we don't we don't make that. Well, now now I have that, right? It's, yeah. it's a Yale branded product. It's called the Yale Assure Lever Lock. You know, for me, it's it's I'm now able to deliver these products that people have been asking for for years, and 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 Osable has thousands and thousands of these SKUs that we can August enable and and literally solve every single type of you know access challenge. Do you think you need to expand your portfolio beyond just locks? I mean, obviously you make the doorbell camera, mm. which I guess is a doorbell and a camera. Yes. But then you look at the rest of the smart home ecosystem. Are you thinking, well, I need to make more security cameras. I need to make smart plugs. I need to make a microwave. Like it's pretty trivial to make some of these products on these platforms. Do you think you need to expand farther or are you like really focused on just the one line? Well, you know, as a, as a global, so so the company is is the leader, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're literally number one and number two in just about every country on the planet, right? So we are the leader in access control and locks and 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 not just residential, also for for corporations, right? Our our HID uh, business, uh, most most corporations, you know, your your key card, your key fob is all is all ours as well. Um, so so that is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. We we really do that well. Um, but, but there are things that are related to access, right? Like cameras and, mm-hmm. and, and other security types of products. And so, um, and so, you know, you'll see some, some more of that from us. In fact, uh, in the UK, we actually have a full blown, you know, security system, right? Just, mm-hmm. just competes with, you know, ADTs and, 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 and the likes. It's a, it's a Yale branded, you know, security system. That's very, very popular in the UK. Yeah. Maybe we wouldn't do that in the U.S. because there's plenty of great security systems. Yeah. In fact, we partner with with most of them. So, um, you know, it's a country by country decision. Really? Country yeah. by country? Yeah. And that's just like what's happening in the market, what's happening culturally? Yeah, what's happening culturally and what is the need there? So I bought a first generation lock. I bought the and I upgraded to the HomeKit lock and then I bought your latest one. And the one complaint I always had was like this cloud platform is like a little slow. It's a little... It's a little like hazy sometimes for for, for, for remote control when you're yeah, when you're yeah. away from home. Yeah, yeah. You know, open it and it. Then you got bought. Yep. And then like three months later, I was like, everything got a lot faster. <laughs> was that just like you were able to just like write a bigger check to your <laughs> cloud provider? Like, was that was that related? I've been dying to ask you this because I it's I noticed it. It was like perceptibly faster about three months after your acquisition. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, that's funny. I've never, I've never shared this. Um, I'll tell you exactly what it was. Okay. It was right after we were acquired, we made a decision to stop working on new physical products mm-hmm. and just like the entire software team was focused on how do we just improve our backend and our cloud services. Really? And, and, and the team had been asking for several years to do that. Yeah. But of course, we're always racing to put out new products and new features. And this was that chance to have kind of a breathing room and 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 frankly, grow up a little bit, right? Yeah. Go from being a startup to being an established company and and have everything be, be revamped on the backend. It's so, so funny. I'm glad like, you noticed. I absolutely noticed. <laughs> So it's like everything here got a lot faster. And I always wondered, like, do they just write a bigger check to AWS? Like, they're like, well, we got it. Like, here you go. Like, put us on the faster bandwidth plan. Like, stop throttling us. So we talked to a lot of founders. We talked to a lot of hardware startups. It's, this is rocky terrain. Is this kind of the path you want people to take, that you, like, recommend people take? Is there a path for August, like, as a standalone company? Especially now. Like, I'm looking around CES now. And everything is about interoperability. Everything is about leverage against major platform players. Can you do it without the scale of a big company like an Asset Abloy? 
I don't want to discourage the hardware startup founders yeah. out there, but the data shows that it's it's pretty hard, right? There's, yeah. there's very, very few hardware companies, if you will, that we've seen that have been able to stay standalone. You know, Roku so far and Sonos so far and GoPro, sure, some great examples that have been able to do it, but the list is really small. And I think you said it well, it's a tremendous amount of resources required, right? You have very heavy manufacturing expenses, you have big distribution expenses and and scaling, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, with software and services, you can scale very quickly at very nice margins. Hardware, as you know, has limited margins and it doesn't scale nearly as fast, which means it's far more capital intensive. Mm-hmm. And sure, it can be done, but ask yourself, do I have to make a piece of hardware to solve this problem? Or mm-hmm. is there existing hardware that I could put my technology, my software, my services onto and not have to be in the hardware business? Yeah, uh, That would be a far more economically advantageous way to do it. And there's obviously plenty of examples of that. Yeah. I mean, I just I, looking around here, I mean, there's any number of very generic smart locks you can buy. Mm. And it seems like, I don't know if I trust that vendor. Like I've never heard of them. Every before. year, every year we see a dozen new, you know, smart locks at CES, and then and then the next year half of them are, are gone, and there's a dozen new ones. And yeah. then the following year, the other half are gone. Five years ago, I came here, and you know, there's like ten thousand MP3 players or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like you know what? You can take a, a a risk as a consumer on a no name media player. Like a year from now, like that company implodes, the service that ran it dies. The, Clouds, someone doesn't pay the AWS bill, right? And you're like, well, and you like throw it in the trash, like move on with your life. When you're building infrastructure in a home, it seems like the bigger players are just going to have the entrenched consumer trust that they're going to continue to be there. Is that something that you had to fight against? Is something that you have to build? Like, how do you, do people even care? Is that just my instinct and it's totally wrong? One thing for certain is that as we add more and more smart devices to our home, that does mean that's more things for us to maintain. Right, mm-hmm. and we're we're busy, and 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 having to like you know maintain all this stuff can can be quite a, quite a challenge. And last thing you want to do is put stuff in your home that is going to stop working, right? Mm-hmm. Because the cloud service behind it is, is shut down. And we see this over and over. I mean, this is a story that we do regularly. Like we all, X thing uh, stops working because company was acquired and cloud service shut down. I think you know those those of us that are gadget you know geeks, mm-hmm. you know, we all have drawers of this stuff, <laughs> right? And then you take it to Salvation Army, they don't want it. Yeah, I, I think some of the things that both Amazon and Google are trying to to solve for is 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 cloud services that that could potentially stay persistent potentially right they, they haven't totally solved that yet mm-hmm. but but certainly apple's done that with homekit right that is one of the that is one of the magic things about homekit devices is is because it doesn't require a, a cloud service operated by the company or or an app um, you could you could install a say a homekit thermostat and and that company could disappear but the but the apple home app would yeah. still in theory be able to talk to that thermostat and still have it be able to continue operating. And you know, that is one of the ways to think about making your product selection is 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 how is this thing gonna persist? Yeah. How does it last over time? Yes. Do you so you obviously operate a cloud service? We do. You know, I look at every other vendor I buy, I'm a sucker for smart outlets. Like mm. it's an easy way to like just gauge an ecosystem. So I have every brand of smart outlets. And I'm always like, well, your app sucks, this one's slow. Should it should it be should it look like that for the consumer that you have a different app for every little device in your house that then is a cloud service user account that then talks to your Google account or your Amazon account or whatever? Or are we actually moving towards that sort of 
storied place where that you have one sort of like middleware solution that just talks to everything, like smart things. I think there's always going to be things that, that the particular vendor's app does that nothing else can do, right? Like from in the August app, there's some very specific features and functionality yeah. there. But but honestly, many August and, and, and Yale Lock users can can use the Alexa app, or they can mm. use the Apple Home app, or they can use you know they can, they can use a, a Smart Things app and do a lot of their basic functionality. That means they maybe they don't open the August app very often at all. Yeah, and and I think that's fine, right? I guess I'm just coming at it from the sort of like how many user accounts do you need? It's in a, a year where it seems like the focus on privacy and data storage and is just higher than ever. Mm. Like how many more user accounts to a cloud service do you need? Right. Do you just want one? Should there should you even have more than one? Remains an open question. Mm -hmm. And then you look around CES and it's like, all right, do I want a Kohler like user account and password? And do I want Kohler <laughs> to store my bathroom data like so I can connect my Google Home? Like that's a big it's a silly question. Yeah. But it's a huge like a philosophically huge question. Like, do you want Kohler to become a data company in this way? Right. Or do you want August to be a data company in this way? Right. And, and is that and is that a core competency for Kohler, right? Yeah. The, you know, to pick on them. But but it could be any any type of Toto's you know, here too. You can pick on exactly. any of the toilet vendors right. you want. I mean, do do they want to be in the business of, yeah. of maintaining a cloud service and a mobile app and and, and, and staying, you know, on feature parity? Mm -hmm. That's a decision they have to make. Are you doing any data collection? Are you trying to do you have like weird stats about, you know, on this moment at four fifteen PM? More doors were unlocked in Sweden than ever before. Like, are you are you doing that kind of like big data collection? We've always thought of of the data as really as our customers' data, mm -hmm. right? In fact, in fact, uh, all the data gets flushed every thirty days. Okay, right? we don't store it. A privacy, B it's, it costs money to store it. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, when you have we now have billions of lock openings, right? You know, it's it's a lot of data. Mm -hmm. I I think that there is some value to that data, and you there is some things you can do with it to to hopefully serve the consumer and, and make their life better. Um, certainly the AI companies we've talked mm -hmm. about a few times here. I think there's fun things they can do with that data that's actually beneficial to you. And hey, we've noticed you've been home for a while and, and it's, you know, it's midnight. Um, would you like us to lock your doors for you? Right. I mean, yeah. AI agents could do that based upon knowing your presence and and the status of your doors. And that's not a that's not a bad thing for them to have that. Yeah. Now, they could do bad things with that data. You know, ultimately, everybody has to choose what is the trade off of the convenience and benefits of, of sharing data with companies versus the potential risks. Right. I haven't heard a lot of risks, frankly. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I know they exist, and I'm not saying they don't, and, and you can have bad actors, and I won't name any of those companies, but, you know, for the most oh, part... Oh, I will. Like, I would never let Facebook <laughs> run my smart home. Like, never in a million years, I right? And like, I'm a little, like, I'm even a little skis out by letting Google and Amazon into my house in that way, but... You know, like they put out the portal camera and it's like, what does every review say? Like, don't let Facebook put a camera in your hands. <laughs> it was probably bad timing to announce that hardware. <laughs> yeah. It was probably bad timing. <laughs> right. So I, I get what you're saying. But does every company need to be a data company? That's like really the the question of the industry right now. Like, can you run a business without some sort of associated data service that's subsidizing cost? Right. It seems like right. your, your answer is we can just sell you locks forever and we're fine. You got to ask yourself as a company, what what is your core mission? What are you actually trying to solve for, and and where do you want to be? You know, at some point in time, and you know, back to these you know these white goods, these appliance companies. You know, do they really want to be in the on the data business, mm -hmm. right? Or do they just want to make toilets, right? <laughs> right? which is a very good business? Yeah. <laughs> so, last question. It's very nerdy, and I feel like it would be doing you. To, we've only ever really had nerdy conversations, so we've been mm -hmm. up here in the abstract. But I'm, I'm going to end with very nerdy August platform mm -hmm. questions. Right now, the way August is architected is very different than everybody else. Mm. So you've got a Bluetooth lock. 
if you want to put that on the Wi-Fi, you got to buy an August Connect and stick it in the wall. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a doorbell cam, which is Wi-Fi, that can also act as that bridge. Mm-hmm. Are you ever just going to do a Wi-Fi lock? Mm. Is, that, is the technology there yet? I mean, from day one, we, mm-hmm. we've, we've thought about a Wi-Fi lock, and, and, and we've certainly spent uh, a, con- a considerable amount of time and energy uh, looking at, at Wi-Fi chipsets that would allow us to do that. The challenge is, is a lock has to be able to more than anything else, I, I, name a system in your house, m- maybe your thermostat in the wintertime. There's there's few other things in your house that you need to make sure it works reliably and consistently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, battery management, power management for a lock is extremely important to us. And having to swap out your batteries every every couple of weeks uh, is just not something a consumer is willing to do, right? Yeah. I mean, if you've got a Wi-Fi lock from us, and you had to change the batteries in, in two or three weeks, um, you would probably rip that lock is there, off. Is there like a power to the door standard? Are you, do you get to go, are there like, are there door federation meetings? I, I don't know how any of this works. I'm assuming, is there like a nat, like international door standard body? And you go there and you're like, here's our power to the door standard that we're proposing. There is no shortage of, of efforts to, to bring electricity. I mean, we actually make, us all, but makes door brackets yeah. with invisible wires right in the bracket. So you can run wires right through the door. Yeah. Right too. We 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 have blocks. They're commercial. They're not yeah. residential. And you know we've explored wireless. You know mm-hmm. trying to and and you know do that in a safe way. We've, Wait, you've explored wireless power to the door? Oh, we've every every type of wireless <laughs> thing. We we've looked at it. We've tested it. We That's have amazing. it in our lab. We've actually shown it. We demonstrated it at CS a couple times. Nothing ready for mass consumer use. When we think we can deliver that with both the power, mm-hmm. right, but but also latency too, right? You know, trying to wake up a you know Wi-Fi yeah. radio real fast, real time when it's raining outside and you're standing in front of your door. There's, there's lots of complexities um, to doing it. So we are not going to deliver a Wi-Fi lock until we think it performs, you know, as good as our Bluetooth locks do. Do you think about the other standards that are out there, the Zigbee's, the Z-Waves? We do. We, we did end up putting Z-Wave in the third oh, gen the pro, August yeah, lock. Yeah. We did add Z-Wave um, mainly because the security uh, companies, uh, mm-hmm. the big security dealers, they asked us to do that. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, we love Zigbee, right? We have Yale locks that, mm-hmm. are, that are Zigbee enabled. Um, I lo- um, are you going to take over the entire tech stack of this company or are you... You know, is that, is that where it's trending? They, you know, like I said, my, my colleagues worldwide and my team have really enjoyed working together and we have yeah. all kinds of exciting projects. I promised I wouldn't spill the beans on anything coming, but there's a whole bunch of new. Yeah, your PR person. New. <laughs> She's been typing this whole time. She just looked up at me. <laughs> um, but there's some really, some really neat products uh, coming uh, North America as, as well as around the world. So Very cool. Well, fun. we look look forward to all that. Thank you for coming by. My pleasure. I know we dragged you away from the show floor. So this is great. Good to catch up. All right, that was Jason Johnson. He's the CEO of August. Great conversation. We're back from CS now. We're all going to get some sleep, get our bearings. We'll be back with a regular Vergecast on Friday. Hopefully, hopefully everyone will have enough sleep. We'll see you then. Thanks to Canva for their support. Canva wants to make your presentations come as easy as those thoughts that pass through your head. And thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and you're done. It's a serious time saver. Whatever you do for work, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You can generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd Call on Call mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.